And oh, I'm alive, I'm alive, I'm alive. And oh, I can fly, I can fly, I can fly. And I'm loving every second. Minute, Minute. Hour. hour, bigger, bigger. Better. better, stronger, stronger. power. Hello and welcome into another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. We've got a really fun show for you this week. We are reviewing the Netflix original film, Project Power. We will get you caught up on loads and loads of movie news in What's Poppin'. And we will wrap up our show with a schoolyard pick of worst superpowers. Let's do it. for joining us on another fantastic fantabulous episode of popcorn for breakfast with your co-host kirk hello hello i am your other co-host cam and we've got a very very fun show for you today really fun movie i think uh a netflix original film we've been doing a lot of these lately if you've been listening to the show lots of netflix original films if you're from the future uh it's 2020 and there's, <laughs> there's send help please pandemic. do something Please help us. Um, yeah, yeah, that. That's still a thing. Um, but not for much longer. We'll get to that in a little bit. Not, I mean, not the pandemic. The pandemic is still very much a thing and will be for a little while. Um, Thought you had, like, a life no, world-altering yeah. news. Like, no, hey, I've yeah. been cooking the vac- another vaccine in my <laughs> bathtub. Yeah, um, no. <laughs> is that something people do, cook vaccines in their bathtub? That's <laughs> Well, there's a first time for everything. All right, let's not go down that road. But... We are getting close to normalcy as it pertains to films, and I'm being very careful as I speak that into the universe (laughs) because I'm afraid that it's just going to smack me down. Um, AMC opened today. AMC Theaters, they're open. I think they had movies for 15 cents today. Yeah. Um, So if you (laughs) live near an AMC and you have time in the middle of a Thursday, congratulations. Um, that was definitely part of their plan, <laughs> I would think. But yeah, theaters are opening. Um, our local theater, our favorite theater, Marcus Theaters, um, they'll be opening next week on Friday, just in time for New Mutants. Yeah. <laughs> Been waiting three years for that movie. Um, so yeah, movie theaters are starting to open. Releases are starting to normalize. So we're going to get some new movies. And uh yeah, I'm excited. Are you excited? I'm very excited. I don't know what the theater uh, environment is going to be like, but I mean, sterile. Yeah, I hope, for but, sure. But I'm excited to go sit down and see it on the big screen. Yeah, me too. And and I think in general, like, you know, things to expect, masks on, except for whenever you're eating popcorn, I'm sure, um, socially distanced seating. Um, socially distant concessions. They're like having you order concessions online, then you go pick them up, which honestly is preferable <laughs> to the normal experience, I would say. We have to keep that. Yeah, I think we should keep that. I don't know why that wasn't a thing before. Or have it delivered to your seat. That like, too. Like a fancy theater. Mm-hmm. That would be nice. 
Um, so yeah, it'll be a little bit different, but I think the thing that I like about theaters, and I'm not a scientist, so don't take any of this, but if you talk about like a lot, there's been a lot of talk about socially distancing. And I know that if you're in a closed space, like maybe it doesn't matter as much, but at a movie theater, you're not facing anyone. You know, you're not having face-to-face interaction. You're all facing the screen. Mm -hmm. So in theory, the odds of like some infected particle getting in your mouth from somebody else seems lower, right? It does. Um, Again, not scientist or virologist or whatever. Oh, good word. Good word. <laughs> what, what's the movie that I saw? Was it called Pandemic with Kiefer Sutherland? I watched it earlier this year. Oh, con- uh, Contagion? Maybe. The Kiefer Sutherland, Rene Russo film. Nope, Dustin Hoffman. Sorry. Anyways, and that, they, it Is spreads. Is that Contagion? It spreads via a movie theater. Oh, why? And they show it like in the air. Like they yeah. want to show you how it's traveling. I don't like that. But I mean, that's a movie. It's just yeah. real life. Well, so. I mean, honestly, like if you want to just go, I mean, you could go no concessions too. If you're just like trying to cut down. I don't know. Anyway, I'm, I'm getting popcorn. Movie theaters are opening. We're going to, I'm going to read everything that there is to read to make sure that I'm doing, you know, going in the safe way. Um, but yeah, so we're going to get new mutants next Friday. The Friday after that, we're going to get tenant. Um, we hope, we hope we desperately <laughs> hope, but yeah, it's, it's exciting. I mean, I think Kirk, you know, we've been doing these biweekly episodes. It's not as fun. <laughs> it's, it's not, it, it hasn't been as fun. I mean, we, we always have fun bringing the podcast to you guys, but We've talked about it. The quality of movies, the types of movies that we're seeing. We didn't get our nice summer blockbuster season. We didn't get any of that. So it feels like there's some hope that we might get something similar to that. Whatever mm-hmm. whatever you can get of that in 2020. So yes, um, looking very much forward to that. But yeah, we've been busy. We're still hard at work. Um, man, it's so busy just with normal life things. Right. We both yeah. started new jobs. And not that you get less busy in your regular jobs. Like if you've been there for a while, it's just that you you kind of drive the ship when you're when you've been somewhere a long time, right? Like mm-hmm. you can just do it in your sleep. And, you, then, and you settle in. Yeah. You, know, you settle true. into your routine. Like you can be more efficient with your time. Yes. Um, yes. Whereas like now I'm just like trying to learn everything, trying to sponge up everything, you know. It takes a little bit more capacity, it takes a little bit more it just takes more. <laughs> it, just, it just takes more, and I'm physically exhausted at the end of each Pop day. Popcorn for breakfast. It takes more. It's <laughs> our slogan. So, yeah, so that's where we're at. So, um, I mean, it's so, it's so bad, like, just the business, because we're also getting our basement finished right now. That's right. Um, which is great. I, I don't know if there, this is a real job. Help me out with this. Just being able to, like, go somewhere and look at something each day as it's being built and be like, mm, yes, that's good. <laughs> that, that looks good. Not having to do anything, not having to plan anything. Yeah. But you just get to like see, I mean, I did a little bit of planning, me and my wife did, but I just like being like going down in my basement and being like, mm, yep, turning out nice down here, looking good. That is a real job. Is it? Yes. Okay. I would like that. Yeah. You can actually do that if you know how to do construction. <laughs> no, I don't want to do the work. <laughs> because you don't, you don't physically do the work, but you go in and you're like, no, 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 no. You're almost there. Like you fix that, fix, do that. You know, you're, you're, you're making sure everything yeah. is Oh yeah. Like a general, tr- running general smooth. contractor. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But like general contractor of like a multi-million dollar site because yes. he's, he's monitoring everything and on the phone, but then he's just physically just sitting there. all Yeah, day. that would be great. So I don't have the skill set for that, but um, <laughs> I know that I would enjoy it. I'm going to sign you up for a trade school. <laughs> Thanks. And by this time next year, <laughs> you'll be sitting in a truck. Perfect. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, so that's, I like that part of it. Um, what I don't like is like 
again, so busy. Haven't gotten to watch Lovecraft Country, which I like have had circled on my calendar since it was announced and just like was, was literally counting down the days and somehow it just, it's too busy. It slipped away from me. And I'm like, so I haven't done that. I'm literally the 52 week movie challenge blog for anybody who's following that. That's a disaster. <laughs> um, it's going to be okay, but I literally think we're 12 weeks in and I'm supposed to be writing the week eight blog. Yeah. So like two weeks ago, I was supposed to be writing the chicken run blog. Still haven't done that. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a little crazy, but it's, it's funny because it's turning into a comedy bit. Yeah. And if you know anything about me, I will milk that bit into the ground. Mm -hmm. Oh, it'll be hilarious when we're on like week 10, but it's actually like week 75. Oh yeah. Just say that week 10 slash <laughs> <laughs> right every week. Yeah. I'm going to really enjoy that. So that's where we're at. It's busy times. And I know you're in the same boat. Um, what else? Today's Amy Adams birthday. Happy birthday. It's basically Amy. a national holiday. She's incredible. I think today is also national radio day. That oh, it, that's yeah. Totally podcasts relevant. are killing radio. So that's a, that's a win <laughs> for us. Go team podcast. Yeah. They had to make a national radio day because <laughs> they had to try to stay alive. No, see, I used to work in radio. I know. That's in, and, uh, man, I loved it. And I, I still love radio and I still think talk radio and podcasts, the same quality of content. I mean, you get less commercials in podcasts for the most part. But it's still great. And I, I love I love radio people. I love people with the radio voice. You mm -hmm. know, you get less of that in podcasts, obviously. Case in point, me talking right now. <laughs> you don't get that, like, silky smooth radio voice. I don't know. Radio is – I have a very romantic relationship with the idea of radio. Sure. It's great. So shout out radio. Shout out radio. But once again, shout out Amy Adams because it's her birthday. Mm -hmm. And she's fantastic. She's so good. You know – Amy Adams, uh, along with so many other artists and stars, has um, fantastic skin. And I thought in honor of her... Is this an her, ad? <laughs> What's happening? I thought in honor of her fantastic skin, Cameron, that I would um, talk about Profile by Rob Lowe. We're not even being paid to do this. We're not? No. Oh, crap. I mean, I'll call Rob after the show and ask for like 10 bucks or something. I, I don't know. Well, that's how much this costs, so... Great. Yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> Listen... I'm 30. Mm -hmm. I know that's hard to believe because I look like a young... Same age as Rob Lowe. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's 30-ish. So he has a skincare line now, right? I posted some pictures of me washing my face the other night, and I just wanted to bring it in here just to show you. Great. Uh, it's got some wonderful things in here. There's aloe vera, mm. willow bark, mm -hmm. oat extract, Ooh. red dulce algae, Ooh. and of course milk thistle so if you're looking to revitalize your skin thistle. get profile cobalt by rob Lowe. wow i'm practicing for ads because we don't have any ads. yeah that's great <laughs> that's great well we'll um we'll send him a bill you know you know invoice him i think that'd be fine he how old do you think he is for real let's let's test it out okay i'm gonna guess 48 i'm gonna guess 56 okay i'm looking i'm looking, I'm looking. me first me first. He was born in 79. What's the map? 56. Oh my gosh, I was right. I was exactly right. Well, fine. He looks like so young. What's up with that? He's perfect. It's Profile by Rob Lowe. He's going to keep plugging this product that owes us nothing. I don't know why, but okay. Well, congrats to you. How's your skin feeling? Is it feeling reinvigorated? Well, I was going to ask you, will you touch my forehead? <sighs> fine. <laughs> Lean over, weirdo. Wow. That's silky smooth, right? It's, it's great. I got to tell you, man, I've not felt this moisturized. I've not felt your forehead feeling that moisturized <laughs> ever. Ever. So. I, 
I just it's it's life changing. Um, yeah, I feel like every day I look a little bit younger. My skin feels a little bit tighter. Sure. Um, this is like a this is like a, a short pro uh, little line that he did. I don't think he does it anymore. He buys he has some other stuff that's like higher end, and I think I need to buy it. You know what? You know who who I want? Who? Laura Dern. She should do a skincare line. She should. Her skin is magnificent. Yes. And she is literally getting younger as she gets older. I don't even know how that's possible. Yes. It's ridiculous. She looked like she was, you know, in her 50s in Jurassic Park 1. Yes. To me, like a small child. She's like Benjamin Button. It's not that (laughs) she's not aging. It's that she's reverse aging. Yes. It's bizarre. Her, Brad Pitt. I'm going to be dead and she's going to be 25 again. I'm going to be like, what's happening? (laughs) But seriously, I, I like she needs to have a skincare line. Laura Dern, if you're listening, just do it. I will buy all of it. Laura Dern, ageless. That's her <laughs> yeah. line. Done. It should be called Bruce Dern by Laura Dern. <laughs> <laughs> and all of the ads feature Bruce Dern. <laughs> Would be amazing. Oh, I love it. Um, so, yeah, that's going on. Can, well, thanks for that. Thanks for uh, profile. You're welcome. I'm going to leave it here for the rest of the episode. <laughs> Great. So if I you need stare some, at it. I can get a bowl of water. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll just moisturize my my face while oh, we chat. You've got a you've got a bottle of water. Just splash it against just your face. Just throw it in my face. Great. Um, okay. Well, that's one thing we can do. Um, man, we've got a lot to cover, actually. So last week, I pulled the chair on us when I was like, we have tons of movie news. Then I was like, ah, not. This, this week, we seriously have a lot going on. So I think it would behoove us mm. to get going. It's time for what's popping. All right. Um, so first up, I mean, hold on. Before we start, before we, I, I can't. I don't feel like I can just dive in. I don't feel like I can just dive in. Why? Because we got some haymakers in here. That's a hard H. Haymakers. Yeah. Whiskey. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Like, seriously, there's some big news stories in here. That Multiple news stories this week made my head literally explode. Like, it actually happened. So, if you are prone to head explosion, if that happens to you when you read big news stories, fortify your head. You know what I found myself doing? I I used, at the beginning of this podcast, Cam, I used to, Mm -hmm. like, hunt down movie news. Because you're so good at finding it. It finds me. (laughs) That's that's my secret. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> beautiful so i was like man i gotta find some more movie news i literally get 100 notifications per day that i can't keep up with because i was like deadline ig nerdist dc yeah, so Marvel. now it's like it's just like you're numb to it. it's white noise yes so i can't do it so sometimes like i'll, I'll throw some news out there on the on the social and but so often you always come up with so many new things still i'm trying so hard yeah and then you're like oh by the way did you hear about this i'm like what so i think everything you're going to tell me is going to blow my mind i think it will and i'm excited i think it will so the first one um well this one you know about i sent it to you because i was sitting at home during my lunch break yes just scrolling and i got punched by this news story and i went what and my wife was like thinking there was a death in the family or something. Okay. <laughs> so it was that hardcore. Bat Fleck is back. Ben Affleck Batman is back. It's happening. Beautiful. How? I don't know. But Vanity Fair is reporting that Ben Affleck will return as Bruce Wayne in The Flash. Which, if little alarm bells are, are going off right now, extra credit for you. You've been paying good attention. Because... Ben Affleck will not be the only Bruce Wayne in this film, as we well know. Michael Keaton 
is also playing a different Bruce Wayne from the Tim Burton verse mm-hmm. in this movie, The Flash. Yowzers. This is crazy. How are they going to do this? Well, I'll tell you how they're going to do it. If you um, and for those that are like interested in this kind of stuff, I know not. I know some people out there are like, "Ugh, superheroes," blah, which is fine. You know, you can you can be that way. You can not like nice things. You can not like <laughs> to have fun. Okay, you can be that if you want to. Fun but, sucker. <laughs> but for those who are interested in this stuff, you should go to our YouTube page and watch the video that I did whenever Michael Keaton was rumored to be joining the cast of The Flash. Because the way that they're going to do this. They're going to multiverse us, man, in a major, major way. Mm-hmm. DC's actually been doing multiversing longer and better than Marvel has in the comics. And so th- what they're going to do is through an event called Flashpoint in which Barry Allen, who is the Flash, who is Ezra Miller in this movie, will go back in time using his super speed to rip a hole in the time-space continuum to s- try to save his mother mm-hmm. who dies, much like, wait for it, Bruce Wayne's mother also dies. There's the connection. Um, and so when he goes back in time, he will basically rip a hole in the space-time continuum, causing things to get super weird, causing the multiverse to be discovered. Um, this is all speculation, but this is what people are, are thinking. This is what I first thought as soon as I heard it. And so you will end up in a situation where you could have multiple Bruce Waynes existing in the same timeline, existing in different timelines that we have the ability to go to and visit. Mm-hmm. Um And it gives them the ability, and here's the real kicker, to keep what they like about the DCEU and throw everything else in the garbage. Right. Which, that's the genius of it. Yeah. I really hope they're smart enough to realize that. (laughs) Well, here's here's what I will say. And and we, if, if you listen to this show, we poke fun at DC because they have bungled a lot of things that should have been easy. For example... Any movie with Batman should be slam dunk. There is so much source material, whether it's Batman versus Superman or Justice League or whatever, there's so much good source material written by incredible writers and incredible art directors mm-hmm. um, that it should be literally impossible to, to ruin it. And they have multiple times, mm-hmm. you know, and they also ruined Suicide Squad, which was abysmal. And so there is reason for skepticism. But what I will say here is that they have a real plan, it seems, or th- at least the f- formulation of a plan and what i like even more about it is they're handling this in a very marvel way in terms of they're not really chatting about it things are getting leaked they're not promoting it they're just going to let it happen organically you know because you know when we saw batman versus superman and they had already teased the justice league in that movie in such an in-your-face way like here they are i was like this is a mistake. Mm-hmm. You have to slow play it. You have to slow burn it. You have to Surprises. trickle things in, tie things together. That's what gives it the richness. That's what gives it the staying power. And they totally blew that yeah. majorly. Um, and they're lucky that in some way they came out as unscathed as I think they could have been. I think DC fandom helped keep them alive. And like Wonder Woman, <laughs> Gal Gadot and Patty Jenkins helped keep them alive. So kudos to those ladies who do an incredible job. Mm-hmm. Um, but DC found themselves in a situation where I think they were evaluating and they're saying, well, we don't hate everything about the DCEU. We hate a lot of it and the mm-hmm. fans hate a lot of it, but they don't hate everything. And we want to do these new things but we want to keep those things separate when we can, but also together when we can. And the multiverse is the only way to do it. And I think that it's really smart. Yeah. I just think that they, this gives me hope because it just really feels like there's a plan here, which is something that Marvel has always had. 
since the beginning. Shout out to Kevin Feige, who's done an, obviously an incredible job over there. But this feels like a real plan. I hope that we, after this, let's say this plays out, and let's say it's a success, and let's hope it's a success. Right. I hope there's interviews like a year after that that are, that are like people like, well, Christopher Nolan came into the room, and yeah, he, right? he threw down his shoes, and he said, listen, I'm not going to take this anymore, and like, and just told the writers to figure it out, to yeah. fix the DC, because it's just it's just losing all of its Absolutely. momentum. I just really hope that's, that has to be happening, but you're exactly right. They've always been like, we're going to do this, look at how big and beautiful and CGI this is going to be right. and really it needs to come down to the story it has to it always has to and and that's why you look at and, and again I know people will call us MCU fanboys or whatever but you look at what the MCU did they started with Iron Man they did not push all their chips in mm-hmm. they dipped a toe in the water and they're like man if this wins this could be huge and then they turned Iron Man into a multi-billion dollar property of his own and to the point where Spider-Man was kind of an afterthought once that train got rolling, which is like impossible to fathom, you know, that Iron Man could have the same level of clout as Spider-Man. Yes. Um, but it's just because they had a really good plan and they executed it. And obviously because Robert Downey Jr. is incredible. Um, so what DC is doing here is really interesting. We could have three different active Bruce Waynes, maybe more, you know, um, because we know that we have Michael Keaton, and Ben Affleck, and then somewhere over here in this other universe that we don't know how it ties in, oh, by the way, there's Battinson. You know, there's Robert yep. Pattinson. And so mm-hmm. they're being very careful to protect Matt Reeves and his property and, and his Batman. And I think if this all goes well, there will come a time where, where Battinson enters the, this mix as well. So um, I'm giddy. I'm, ex- I'm excited. <laughs> I, really, I really am pulling for them because they have such great characters. And so... Building on that, this Saturday, we've promoted it a couple times on the podcast or on the social page, Mm -hmm. DC Fandom is this Saturday. And what what DC Fandom is, is it's a virtual event, similar to a Comic-Con, but it's free and it's virtual, and it's all things DC. And it goes for 24 hours. It's pre-recorded, so there's not going to be any issues with like live stream wonkiness or whatever. And what we are expecting this weekend, and you guys don't have to watch this if you don't want to, Kirk and I will get all the news out to you as soon as it becomes available. But we're expecting lots of big things to come out of this event. Notably, the Suicide Squad. I would bet that we're going to get a look at James Gunn's movie mm-hmm. in some capacity. Whether the, whether it be a teaser, whether it be a full trailer, I don't know. But that's something to look forward to. Wonder Woman 1984, which we know is very done. I would bet we will get maybe some bonus content. Maybe the first five minutes. I don't know. Something. And then you know, some other big projects, the Batman, obviously Matt Reeves dropped the official logo today for the Batman. So I know that there's good content coming there for people who've been following that project. And then black Adam, which of course is the rock. Um, so that's another project to be excited about and the Snyder cut and lots more. So that's coming up this weekend and we'll be all over it. There's so much, there's so much there that they have. I, I just want them to succeed. Yeah, I do too. And, and, and I think for a guy like James Gunn, this is what gives me hope. James Gunn is not a dumb guy. He's mm. not a bad businessman. We know this because he's been very savvy in his dealings with Marvel and knowing his worth. And so when DC came calling, and I know that he was at a low point in his career, we're not going to get to all that, but he would not have signed on. I really believe this in my heart. He would not have signed on if there wasn't some sort of plan and if he wouldn't have a chance to shine. And he's a St. Louis guy. That's right. 
He's from the STL. Yeah, he and his brother, Sean Gunn, who's in the cast of Suicide Squad. So That's right. We, of course, have to root for James Gunn, and I'm very excited to get a look at this movie. The the um, title treatments that they did with the yellow background with like the red text with the bullet holes through it, mm-hmm. it felt very Tarantino. Yes, <laughs> right? it did. It felt, it felt very like Kill Bill, Django Unchained. Uh-huh. Um, so even just that ex- aesthetic was like, ooh, I like that. That looks good. Um, okay, moving on to for all you superhero folks out there, the (laughs) other studio and the other studios, other studio meaning Marvel, but not Disney Marvel, Sony Marvel, Sony, who of course owns the rights to Spider-Man is, uh, spinning up some other spider movies. Oh, and Olivia Wilde is going to be directing one of them. (gasps) That's right. Olivia Wilde, who should have been an Academy award winning or Academy award nominated director. And who is a fantastic actress. She is going to be directing what what people are speculating is Spider Woman, and Deadline is reporting this. But Deadline is just reporting that Olivia Wilde has been hired by Sony to direct a Marvel movie. We know that Sony owns Spider Man properties, and then Olivia Wilde tweeted out an emoji of a spider, and everybody's saying it's Spider Woman. So mm-hmm. that's where we're at. Thoughts on that? Uh, super pumped. Uh, yeah. The only thing I wish is that she would also play Spider Woman. I think that would be fantastic. Yeah, I mean, she yeah, she's a great actor in of her own right. I mean, she, she could she could handle it for sure. I think that would be doubly remarkable. Yeah. Um, so there's my two cents. Please cast yourself, Olivia Wilde. <laughs> I'm really excited for her because she's fantastic. She's a fantastic director. She's starting to get a lot of good projects, and I'm. So Booksmart is one of my favorite movies from last year. We both loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see that comedic touch. I want to see that level of humanness, humanity, and and comedy in this movie. And I know that they will be very careful in who they cast as Spider Woman. But like the fact that this is a this is one of the Spider projects that we had not previously heard about from Sony. So the fact that they're continuing to invest in Spider Man does make me wonder like what does the future look like for spider-man i i just it's odd to me that disney would let this cash cow sit somewhere else for so long um and i just wonder you know the more that sony realizes the potential of this property <laughs> the cost is just going to keep going up right right There's- and at what point does it get to a point where you can't do it you can't afford it or sony just flat out won't sell it i don't know yeah it's a fantastic question. Is it money or is it holding out, you know, just because of ownership rights? I, I see a day where all the Spider-Man movie, if Sony continues to be so successful with theirs, uh, they say, never mind, that's coming back on us. They pull it off Disney plus they say, this is ours. Yeah. And they have, they would have every right to Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's kind of scary. And also it'd be an exciting rivalry. That it, yeah. I mean, for sure. I, <laughs> It's, it's one of those things, I mean, Spider-Man's been in a very tenuous position, and now we're at a point where it's like Sony and Marvel are negotiating like one movie at a time, which is a very different situation than we were in before. It felt like for a long time, Marvel, Disney Marvel had Spider-Man, and we that was going to be fine, but now things are totally different. And to your point, the longer this goes on, the more you think Sony just walks away from the table. And if you're Disney, how can you let... Spider-Man lives somewhere else. I mean, how can you? You can't. Like, Marvel is the house that Spider-Man built. He is the guy. And Mm -hmm. it's Tom Holland. Yes. He's the guy right now. I I don't know. This boggles my mind. Part of me hopes that, like, all these projects are just, like, 
table dressing for <laughs> for Disney, and Sony's like, look at all these amazing projects we're spinning up. It's going to be so cool, and Marvel will be like, those are ours. Thank mm-hmm. you. I don't know. But Sony has shown that they can make good content. I mean, Spider-Verse is arguably one of the best superhero movies of all time, if it, not the best. It, it really is. So, I mean, I... And it's a cartoon. <laughs> right, right. And so it's not that I don't have faith in Sony. It's just that I worry about what this means for the MCU going forward. So it'll be an interesting one to watch. All right. All you non-superhero people, you're safe for a little bit. It's going to be okay. Come back. Um, but this is another really exciting story. Um, Deadline is reporting that... We're getting a Planes, Trains, and Automobiles remake starring Will Smith and Kevin Hart. Woo! Are you excited about this? Yes. Okay. Can I tell you, I've never seen the original, though. Okay. Yeah, sure. I've seen it once. But, uh, I mean, that pair up? Like, come on. (laughs) It's going to be great. The the article that I read, and I can't remember if it was the original Deadline article or whatever, it, it seemed like it had a bit of an opinion tinge to it, so I doubt that it was the official Deadline article, but they said exactly what I was thinking, which was, this is a, you have to be cautiously optimistic about this project, but it's hard to not be excited about it because of the charisma that both of these guys bring on screen. Yes. It's, when you sit down and think about it, it's like, man, how could this not be entertaining? It's it's almost like they could do anything <laughs> and it would be entertaining. Yeah, they could they could just, just I, so the, the original movie says it's a, a man must struggle to travel home for Thanksgiving with a lovable oaf of a shower curtain ring salesman as his only companion. Yeah, so Steve Martin is trying to get home to his family on Thanksgiving. Yeah. And he can't because of all these travel difficulties. And so he ends up with this John Candy, yep. who is one of the funniest people ever to walk this planet. Yes. Um, he ends up with John Candy and they end up like serendipitously paired together, like going through travel struggles together. And it's absolutely hilarious. Do you think, uh, do you think Will Smith is Steve Martin, Kevin Hart's John? Candy? I'd have to imagine. So yeah, Will Smith can definitely play the straight man a little bit better. And he has that, like he can get hilariously angry at things. Um, and Kevin Hart is just pure comedy. And it's also a nice flip because John Candy like was a was a giant. So yeah, right. <laughs> so if, if we reverse that, Kevin Hart is the is the comedic like driver and he's this tiny guy, yeah. Will Smith. I, I think that's probably the the route they're going. You can I, kind of already picture the antics. That's what I love about this. It's like you can already picture it. And I mean, um, Kevin Hart and The Rock were so funny in uh Jumanji. Yeah. And you know, that, that pairing was great. And Will Smith is, you know, no offense to the rock, but 10 times better as an actor, especially, I mean, I think the rock will get there. He's getting better every day, but I'm just saying like Will Smith has been around and he's been in this biz for a long time and he's very good. So, um, I'm very, I'm very excited. I I think that there is definitely potential. It could suck. I don't know how, but (laughs) it just feels like one of those projects that like could tank. And I hope that it doesn't. So I'm being, I mean, I'm still in the cautiously optimistic bucket. I don't know. Um, okay, next one. Any Avatar, The Last Airbender fans or Legend of Korra fans, you know, it's been gaining popularity as it hit Netflix recently. People are tweeting about it and going crazy. All of this was to build up to a live action show of Avatar, The Last Airbender with the original creators. Well, that's now hit a snag as um, the original creators, I'm going to botch these names, <laughs> Michael DiMartino and Brian Konetsko. Mm-hmm. Um, they're out creative differences. Uh, Michael DiMartino posted on like his blog or whatever, like basically apologizing to avatar fans and being like, <laughs> it was funny how he worded it. He was like, 
I'm not saying the Netflix show couldn't be good. I was like, uh oh, <laughs> that doesn't sound great. I mean, obviously, if you're walking away from a project, it's not because you think it's going to be spectacular. No, not so, at all. Like, obviously, he doesn't have very high hopes for it. Um, this is a project that, even as an Avatar fan, I think most people were like, eh, do we really need a live action? And so now, with this going on, it's. <sighs> I don't know how I'm supposed to get excited about this project now. Did M. Night Shyamalan make a movie of this? Am I mistaking something? No, you're right. Wasn't he behind The Last Airbender? Wasn't it? Is that the same thing as this? Yeah, it is. Okay, then yeah. Though, they tried to do something very different with it, Uh and it was awful. He was dead the whole time? It was horrible. No, it was just like, it was a totally different flavor. I think that was M. Night Shyamalan. Well, I don't know, because I had that same thought whenever you said that. I'm going to look it up. We should look that up. But that movie was just abysmally terrible. Um, so yeah, that's it for all you Avatar The Last Airbender fans. That project may not be in, on the right path. So that's that's a red flag. Um, a couple of rapid fire ones for you real quick, Kirk. Mm-hmm. Tron 3, well, what we're calling Tron 3, is on the way. And it's on the way from director Garth Davis. Yes. Are you a Tron fan? I'm a Tron fan. Okay. okay. All right. So admittedly, I've never been able to watch the first one all the way through. Even yeah, I don't think I've seen the first one. Even though it's got my boy, uh, Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels. But he's in Legacy, too. He's in Legacy and in every great film. And I think that that second one was so incredibly good, so incredibly well done. Olivia Wilde is in there and plays as a supporting character. Hopefully she'll be back for this one. I'm not sure, though. Yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't heard much casting news, but Garth Davis is a director that I'm a fan of. He directed Lion, starring Death Patel, which was... Really a great under-the-radar film that got some Oscar love. Um, just really an all-around excellent project. So yeah. that's in good hands. Disney has some investment in Tron from a parks perspective. They have some, I think it's in Tokyo Disneyland or something like that. They have a Tron ride. Yes. Um, so I think part of this is that, you know, <laughs> strengthen the portfolio, keep it alive. Weren't they trying to make it in Disneyland in California too? One of them. One of them. Okay, gotcha. I can't remember if it was Epcot or if it was Disneyland, like you said. Yeah. But yeah, I think that there is interest in bringing Tron to the mainland. Dude, those bikes are... Oh, they're sick. Those light bikes are so amazing. Yeah. Um, I I saw the first one, but I saw it at a time where I wasn't really very critical of movies, so I just... I don't remember a ton of it, but I'll definitely go back and watch now that we have a third one on the way. Mm -hmm. All right, another one, Rapid Fire. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air drama reboot? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this, but if you aren't, go to YouTube and type in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air drama trailer. Yes. And you will find a trailer from a guy, I didn't write down his name, Michael Coleman or something like that? Sure. That might be wrong. We'll give him credit later. Um, made a really interesting and thought-provoking trailer for his take on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air as a drama about a kid who is growing up in inner city of Philadelphia and is going through some struggles and gets found with a gun and all this stuff. So it's a, I was very skeptical about it until I watched the trailer and then I was like, this project could have some legs. I don't know. What do you think about this one, Kirk? I, I stinking love it. I saw this when it went viral, this video. Oh, you did? Yeah. And I showed Aubrey, I was like, this is so cool. You have to watch it. And I watched it probably like eight times. Like, what a fantastic, you know, idea to think that, yeah, he was he was living in a, in a scary neighborhood. Like, to, to like to like really show that, yeah, he was getting shot at, you know. Yeah. And then he's trying to get out of that. And there's a real struggle there. You know, they showed the comedy of it. So, like, 
I am so thrilled because it was so well done and yeah. such a great idea. I'm I'm over the moon for it. Yeah, I think I think on paper I, I'm with you. I think that the idea has legs. I think it is more interesting than perhaps I first gave it credit for when I just see, when I was just seeing the headlines. I wonder what the level of depth is that they can achieve. You know, after that initial incident when he's just like living with Uncle Phil. Yeah. Like, how far can they take that? Well. Let me let me throw this on you. Okay. So the creator of that trailer, uh, Morgan Cooper. Morgan okay, Cooper. I said Michael director. Coleman. I was close. <laughs> um, he for the film, he is teaming up with an executive producer named Chris Collins, who was also part. Oh, of... Oh, it's a film. Y- yes. Or oh, you're right. Sh- no, you're right. That okay. makes more sense. It's going to be a. Um, uh, the, so Chris Collins helped produce and write on The Wire. Oh, hold on now, Kirk. Now you're speaking my language, brother. Yes, yes. Ooh, well, uh, this just got very interesting. I have to know, though. Now I'm confused. I, I don't know if it is going to be no, a No, I think you're oh, right. It's a series. The series is reportedly being shopped to various streaming services, so it will be a series. Yes, and the article that I read, which is from IGN and a couple other um, uh, outlets, are reporting that current bidding is between Netflix, Peacock, and HBO Max. Don't. Let it go to Peacock, <laughs> whatever you do. I mean, I, I think that um, Warner Media and HBO Max has a... They have the money. They have more interest in this because they have Fresh Prince of Bel-Air on their platform right now, the original. Yes. So I just feel like there's a synergy there that, that HBO Max is not going to get outbid for this. Peacock will not win. There's no way. If, if, you're the, <laughs> if, if I'm Morgan Cooper, I'm like... No one's got peacock. <laughs> Forget that. Just like cat kick them out, you yeah, know? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's it's you would think that it's a two dog race there between um between Netflix and HBO Max in terms of pocket depth. Yes. So we'll see what happens, but that's definitely an interesting project to keep an eye on. Um finally this week we got three new trailers, one from Enola Holmes Holmes, which is a Netflix series about Sherlock's sister. Uh, Sherlock in this case, Henry Cavill, Enola Holmes in this case. Millie Bobby Brown. So that's an interesting one. The Devil All the Time, which is a Netflix original movie starring all kinds of people. Um, Let's see if I can remember them because I didn't write them down. Tom Holland, Sebastian Stan, Robert Pattinson, um, Eliza Scanlon, uh, Jason Clark, a couple others. Did you say say Arpats? Yeah, I said Arpats. Bill Skarsgård? No, I didn't say Bill Skarsgård. It's got a Skarsgård. That's pretty much guaranteed these days law of averages Haley bennett nope didn't say that one riley keogh riley keogh that's the other one i forgot so yeah that that cast is stacked and that jason, trailer stop jason clark i oh. said that okay yeah i wasn't listening chill out over there kirk jeez <laughs> i was typing Sorry. but if you didn't see that trailer it's on our social go check that out and then also another trailer that's on our social which is the follow-up to the murder on the orient express mm-hmm. the death on the nile Um, which is another Agatha Christie book. We've got Kenneth Branagh back as Hercule Poirot. Uh Uh-oh. So, yeah. I've got some bad news about Death on the Nile. What? Army Hammer is in it. Oh, that's mean. (laughs) That's so mean, but also true. It's going to (laughs) take... Sorry, Army Hammer. (laughs) It's got Gal Gadot, though. I know, but no matter what, it has Army (sighs) Hammer, who has never been able to bounce back since the social network well here's the thing the the first movie the murder on the orient express my wife's gonna be mad at me if i say this but it's true my wife is like the biggest agatha christie stand she mm-hmm. loves loves her the murder on the orient express was just i for me it mm-hmm. was not very good it should have been much better 
the the acting just wasn't there. I don't know. It was just it was a bit of a mess for really good source material. Yeah. So I'm already starting off with like not thinking this project will be great. They gave us a great trailer, but we all know that that can just be window dressing. Um, we'll see. We'll keep an eye on that one for you. Okay. Anything else, Kirk? Any other movie news I miss? I, I, so much. There's so many things happening next week. I'm sure nothing will happen because <laughs> everything happened this week. Hey, but next week we'll have movies. Like real new release movies. That's true. Supposedly. Um, all right. And with that, we're moving on to our movie review, which this week is Project Power. Whose turn is it to synopsis? Do you remember? I have no clue. What did we review last? Palm Springs. Eisenhoff's Palm Springs, you're up. It's my turn. Yeah. It's my turn. Project Power is the character study on a small town in America called New Orleans. Small town. And in this town, there is a drug problem. But this drug is not normal, like Mm. crank or pot Mm. or meth or Molly. This is a family show. (laughs) (laughs) This drug unleashes the power within Mm. so what power is it you won't know until you take it (laughs) what was that project power (laughs) streaming now on netflix oh wow okay (laughs) are you like trying to get other jobs right now i don't know what's going on like are you trying to leave the podcast biz in the dust you're like doing ad reads for products that don't pay us anything you're like trying to be the trailer guy i don't know what's happening yeah i just want to be noticed um (laughs) Oh, no. Here come the creative differences. Here they come. I knew they would come eventually. I have a completely different way that I want to run this podcast. (laughs) Well, we'll handle that later, Okay, okay. Um, If it's about your pay, I don't want to hear it. I've not got time for it. Um, Okay, Project Power. Kirk, who are you giving the Oscar to? This is going to someone who has already won the Oscar, Mr. Jamie Foxx. Love it. Dude, Jamie Foxx is having a banner year he is 2019 2020 2021 and beyond he is just insane he had just mercy he's got this project power he's got the mike tyson biopic he's got spawn he will be spawn in spawn he is joe in soul yes he is he's killing it he's killing it you know i think i've said it before where i feel like jamie fox has always been playing catch up um or always trying to prove his his worth prove his abilities because he did win Ray, which was a fantastic film. He was incredible in it. And I always felt like after that, he did terrible choices in movies um, or other mimic roles based on true story that just weren't as good. And all of these things, the things that we've already seen him in, the things that he's lined up, I'm so excited for. So his focus in this uh, in this movie is off the charts. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't waver. He pulls his he pulls his Jamie Fox charisma tricks out, but he's not milking it. And I just I just want to give him all the accolades for it. So bravo, Jamie Fox. Yeah, I, I'm gonna piggyback because I'm giving my Oscar to Jamie Fox. Unsurprisingly, I think uh. I've done this a couple of times already. Um, so in true stereotypical Caucasian male fashion. I'm going to use a sports analogy to explain this. (laughs) Um, Jamie Foxx, what I really loved about this performance really goes outside of his performance in general, his performance per se, but Mm -hmm. he was the point guard. And what that means is that he was facilitating all of the action in this movie. He was run, he was scanning the scene 
and doing what he needed to make that scene the best scene it could possibly be. There were some unexperienced actors in this film, some newer actors. Um, there were some experienced actors in this film, but what Jamie Foxx did so well and so noticeably well was he was the glue and he tied all of it together and gave it a really good feel. He just gave it his touch and I thought that the scenes that he was in, he elevated everybody. Um, yeah. And the scenes that he wasn't in suffered sure. <laughs> because he wasn't on screen. So, um, yeah, I love Jamie Foxx. He, he seems, he's seemingly getting better every day and just refining his craft. So, um, this was a good role for him and he really did an excellent job. Home run, Jamie Foxx home run. All right. Your scene stealer. Got to go to Dominique Fishback. Yes. Cool name. Uh, Very cool I hear name. Fishback and I think of that guy that was on Survivor. Steven Fishback. <laughs> yes. Shout out Steven Fishback. Didn't think that reference was coming on this show. <laughs> All our Survivor fans out there. Uh, so she plays uh, the, the lead female um, who's like 16, 17 years yeah, old. Robin. Her name's Robin. She is the heart of this movie. Um, you know, if, if Jamie Foxx is the glue... Um, I can't think of an analogy. She is, she is the paper. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> She's the thing you put the glue on to make it stick. She's the yeah, bottle man. that the glue came from. Totally. You're so right. I am so philosophical. She's the glitter. How about that? <laughs> oh, that's so much. Can you edit like the past no. like 30 seconds? Out? I can't. It's out of my skill set. <laughs> Dominique Fishback is my vote for scene stealer. She plays Robin. She is the, you know, she's the glitter. Mm. How about that? That's great. Pull that out of nowhere. Yeah, out of nowhere. Of this movie. So if you get this character wrong in this movie, it the whole movie falls apart Correct. because you have to buy into this character you have to empathize with her you have to go on this journey with her she had a big job and she killed it she's a newer actress she's got a couple things under her belt um she listened well to the script she responded to her cast especially when jamie was in there i mean to go up against giants who've been in the business for so long and just to match them we always talk about that match their level of focus and their their level of uh, of work into their character it's unbelievable i have nothing bad to say about her she is um powerful Ooh, well done yeah i mean again i'm gonna piggyback she's the obvious choice for scene stealer and when i say scene stealer i mean that in the literal sense so the original the original purpose of this category was for a, a performance you were not expecting someone who came out of nowhere and knocked your socks off i think over time i've used it as like best supporting you know <laughs> in general um this was a true scene stealer this was um dominique fishback i was not familiar with her work prior to this um blew me away and mm -hmm. she she's young and she's got it whatever it is she's got it um charisma control she owned it um she was excellent i mean to to act in scenes alongside savvy vets like joseph gordon levitt and jamie fox which is really how she spent most of the film um and hold your own at her age really impressive mm -hmm. so i have no doubt that you guys will soon know the name dominique fishback if you didn't already because uh, she's not going anywhere. She did really well. All right, Showstopper. Showstopper. This one I was torn on. There are two possible Showstoppers. And uh, since I get to go first, I, I might get to claim it as my own first. And this is something you usually claim as your Showstopper. Okay. But I've got to tell you, the music in this movie yes. is out of this world. Very good. It is out of this world. Um, 
the moment it opens, um, we, we see Robin singing a song and then that song comes back and, play, and gets played later. The, the timing and the content and the lyrics of each song chosen when they're played suck you in. Also, Robin is an aspiring rapper. She's, uh, she, she comes from an un, under, um, underdeveloped neighborhood and she she thinks this is her way out and you get to hear her um spit some fat rhymes and she does mm-hmm. and it's like holy cow did every single expert rapper come together and write these because <laughs> it is perfect it is, it is perfect the music in this I, I i practically never say like the music is what gets me because I, I that's just not like totally like the higher hierarchy of my list but it was so good it blew me away yeah, I, I did not choose music, but I'll I'll build on that because I had the same thought during the movie. And as you know, I'm a bit of a snob when it comes to the music <laughs> yes. movies, admittedly. Um, this had great flow. The, now, the score was funny to me, the actual score behind the movie, because <laughs> the first thought I had was, it sounds like somebody listened to the Dark Knight Rises score, Hans Zimmer, for like six days straight and then tried to recreate it from memory because <laughs> there's a lot of that like big swells like yes. Hans Zimmer does it sounded great I mean no knock on that if that's if you want to sound like Hans Zimmer that's a great sound so great job uh, maybe it was Hans Zimmer I didn't even check to be quite honest no with clue. you um, but it sounded really good and then you layer the hip hop on top of that and that was a texture I was not expecting musically and it worked it worked really well mm-hmm. so um, kudos to them you know coming off of a couple weeks ago the old guard I slammed the music this was uh, the other side of the coin, no doubt. All right, so but my showstopper is actually the visual effects Excellent. and and just the. I want to be careful about the words that I use, not aesthetic, but the consistency of the visual experience that they were creating, which is a combination between visual effects, cinematography, and editing. I thought that all of it worked together really well and created a sensory experience that was just very consistent and very specific to this film it mm-hmm. gave it its own flavor it gave it its own stamp and and i really liked that portion of it it hits you right away wouldn't you agree absolutely first shot <laughs> i mean it hits you and you're like wow this person knows what they're doing yes. I mean, the cinematography is spot on right out of the gate um and it stays consistent the whole time in fact it gets better you get some really creative shots um some of the shots I can't explain because they won't make sense outside of the context of the film, but there really are some some great moments. And you expect in these Netflix originals for the VFX to be a little bit low quality. Mm-hmm. And in general, I think for the most part, they kind of have been. Not the case here. No. Um, looked really high fidelity. It looks like a blockbuster film. It looked like Marvel grade CGI like yeah it was good they must have been using a bunch of practical effects as well because that's how Marvel gets there they use as many practical effects as they can uh, to get those shots and it was so refreshing and I think it'll stand up years and years from now yeah I agree it was it was not something that I was expecting out of this movie Um, to be honest I I always go into Netflix movies expecting them to be a little bit cheaper on that end of the spectrum but it looked great. It, it honestly did. And when you talk about the cinematography as well, you know, the, the best example that we can possibly give, because so many people have seen it, is in the, the beginning of Dark Knight, when you're going from rooftop to rooftop to yeah. sweeping in the city of where where the where all the, the burglars are going before they actually get inside the bank. It's you're like, you just get sucked in because of the movement of the camera. Mm-hmm. The beginning of this movie, the movements of the camera are exquisite. They're like, I think like the 10th shot of the movie is them like on a bridge, like uh, uh, watching someone go over a bridge in New Orleans. And it's like, 
this is different. Yeah. This, this is good. And having subjects in every geographical area of the frame, yes. not just the center. You yeah. know, I think that's the key is like you see five trucks driving in on a dock and they're all like getting into their spots at different times. And so your eyes are slowly being drawn up the screen. It's uh-huh. just very subtle, very masterful I think for the most part you wouldn't even notice it but it just had a really clean look and you have to give credit to the production design team and everybody who was involved with the visuals on this movie because it was clean and mm-hmm. it looked great Beautiful. um okay good stuff let's move on to director's shoes and talk about some things we would have changed what do you got kirk i gotta say they they kind of like drew you in with some of the casting you're like oh great we've talked about this before you know you get you hear a big name come into a movie and you're like oh well i'm sure they're gonna stick around you know kind of like I, I was surprised by shiwatel showing up in um um the old the guard, old guard yeah. and i was like whoa and then i was like this is great and then he kept showing up i was yeah. like good keep give me more give me more they did a similar thing but then they didn't give me more courtney b vance plays like <laughs> yeah. the 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 police force captain and he shows up out of nowhere and I'm like that's Courtney B Vance and then we don't get to see him much after that yeah. and he his character plays a big role but we don't physically see him again and that was upsetting to me. Yeah. <laughs> and I would even say that George, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's um, role also could have been amped up just a little bit more to really give us the the full trio of Jamie Fox him and Dominique uh, Fishback. So yeah, because like that casting works, right? It, it, really, it really does. does. Uh, and I think that they, yeah, they could have gotten more there. Yeah. I think you're 100% right. Not that I wanted the movie to be uh, like an hour longer, but it could have been 15 minutes longer by just tying up some of those stories, giving them the their full worth, uh, their full story. Yeah, I mean, I, I tend to agree with a lot of that. And, and to be honest with you, I'm going to be a little bit mean on this movie here. I just think for as much as I said good about it, for everything that this movie does really well, there are things that it does not very well. Um, I thought the pacing was kind of random. There were times where it made sense what scenes they included and which scenes they didn't. There were times that the the chronology of it all made sense, but there were times where it definitely didn't. Um, so the pacing was odd. Sometimes you're like, man, why are we still here? Like, we got to move. This is an action movie. Let's go. Um, and there are times where it's like, Whoa, wait, what just happened? <laughs> you know, so it's just very inconsistent in terms of like the pacing overall. From a storytelling perspective, I just wanted more. There was a lot here. It was good subject matter, honestly. Simple enough concept, but one that has novelty and one that is genuinely interesting. So I wanted to explore it more. I wanted to explore more of the powers. I wanted to explore the bad side. I wanted all of it. I wanted all of the information and on the storytelling, but going more into the themes, I really wanted commitment to the themes because they teased at a lot of themes. And there was a very apparent, explicit allegory, you know, with the social economic climate of the United States of America and how drugs play a role in um, underprivileged neighborhoods and how, you know, New, New Orleans was a great choice of a city to sort of you know, show the dynamics of that and they just didn't commit to it, you know, mm-hmm. and everything that they did with it was very explicit. Like they would actually talk about it instead of just like setting you up for it. And I wish it would have been a little bit more implicit and I would have been, I wish it would have been followed through mm-hmm. and I can't go into that because it would spoil the movie, but there is a way that I think they could have ended this movie that would have made everything come full circle into the story they were trying to tell. And honestly, just because it didn't end that way, it lost points for me. 
right out of the bat. So well, I mean, maybe they're just trying to set up Project Power 2. I don't know. They always are with Netflix, right? <laughs> There's always a sequel. Even Extraction, where like, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Extraction, skip ahead 30 seconds. But like, even in Extraction, when Chris Hemsworth gets shot like five trillion times and should be very, very dead, they're like, Extraction 2, and he's still alive. And you're like, what? It's like a joke. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand know. that. And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean... Project Power 2 may very well be a thing. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it could be. I don't know. <laughs> but I'd they, watch it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. So that's all of our superlatives. Let's dive into final thoughts and scores. Yeah. I, I stink and love action movies, especially if they're not like, uh, like late 70s, early 80s action movie, B movies. Those just are just kind of the worst. But like your big, your big blockbuster ones, I'm going to watch them all the time. I binge like every action movie I could on Netflix for like a period of four months straight. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty savvy. This was more than that. This had such a good um, foundation and it just used the, um, uh, it used the vehicle uh, uh, of being an action movie to tell the story really well. So great medium, great choices. I'm going to go with an 8.0. All right. Wow. And this is actually great. This is exactly <laughs> what I wanted to happen because <laughs> I think that this movie is polarizing, and I think Kirk and I are going to exemplify that very well here, which is which will be good. Um, because on, on one hand, I can see how you would end up there. And on the other hand, like for me, and, and I can't quantify all of this, so this is going to be a little bit annoying, this movie just wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how because it's like superheroes, it's Jamie Foxx, it's Joseph Gordon-Levitt, like great music. Like it's all things that I like, action movie. But it just didn't hold me and ultimately the payoff just didn't get me. And so for me, like like I said earlier, for everything that I thought they did really well, there were things that I thought that they didn't do well. So I'm giving it, because of that, I'm giving it a flat half 5.0. Whoa. Yeah, I'm giving it a 5.0. All right. Um, and uh, the other thing, I don't feel like this movie has a high rewatchability. So that's where you and I differ. Oh, like, okay. I don't think I would turn it back on just because it's spent to me. Okay. Like, it's just one of those movies. Sometimes you think you can rewatch something. I mean, I rewatch weird things. Like, yeah. I'll rewatch Manchester by the Sea. <laughs> Nobody else rewatches that movie, but I will. So, again, this may just be personal, but. Yeah, that's where I'm landing. Five point out of ten. All right. Well, uh, there, there you have it. Good everybody. for us, though. We had a difference. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we had a different um, uh, scene stealer. We had a different showstopper. No, we didn't have different scene stealers. Son of a gun. <laughs> <laughs> we did have different showstoppers. We had different director shoes, and our scores were three points apart, which for us oh, is a massive gap. We Us never have that. Usually, it's like one, one apart, or something. <laughs> or so. like point one. <laughs> yeah. We're usually pretty similar, and that's something that I'm always like, man, I wish Kirk and I were different, but this week we are. Thank you, Jamie Foxx, Dominique Fishman. <laughs> I still love Jamie Foxx. Don't let that score change anything about that. Um, okay, so as soon as we saw this movie, I was like, Kirk, schoolyard pick of, of superpowers, obvious choice, and Kirk was like, I think we already did that, and I was like, no, we did. We already did it. It was schoolyard pick of abilities. We did it when we reviewed The Invisible Man with Elizabeth Moss. Um, so we had to get creative and Kirk is always the guy for getting creative. And he said, let's do the, the schoolyard pick of worst superpowers. <laughs> so that's what we're doing. And I get to go first. Dang it. Okay. I only have five on my list. So like if you steal any from me, I'm totally screwed. <laughs> so I need to be strategic. Use some strategery here and think about which one you would be most likely to pick from this list. Okay. <sighs> okay. 
I'm going to go with, um, so the character who has this superpower is Zan from the Wonder Twins. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so if you know anything about the Wonder Twins, if you ever watched Super Friends back in the day, oh you can gosh. still watch it on Boomerang. So the Wonder Twins, they put their rings together and they go, Wonder Twin powers activate. It makes a noise. And the sister, which I can't remember her name. I only know Zan because I looked it oh, up. I'll but the sister it. goes, shape of something awesome. <laughs> like usually a grizzly bear or like a lion. She can turn into any animal and, and get all of its powers. And Zan's power is that he can turn into any form of water. That's his power. <laughs> he can turn into a bucket of water. He can turn into like an ice ramp. He can turn into ice cubes. He can turn into water vapor, like a cloud. Oh my gosh. He is the worst. <laughs> and that power sucks. <laughs> like imagine you're part of the Wonder Twins and the one Wonder Twin can turn into a bald eagle and then a, you know, rattlesnake. Yes. <laughs> and yes. all you can turn into is a puddle. That's it. Like you suck. <laughs> It's the worst power ever. Like who, why did they do this to this poor guy? It's really awful. I don't understand how there's like zero effort. Into also the, other the name Zan is just terrible. It just Zan. sort of exemplifies his terribleness. I'm Zan. I could see, I could see like Will Ferrell and Kristen Wiig <laughs> yes. teaming up for the Wonder Twins. It would be great. But this power sucks. I don't, it doesn't even have a name. They're just like, he can turn into different forms of water. It was like, cool dude. Water power. That's terrible. All right. Mine. Your first pick. My first one. This is from a character named El Guapo. <laughs> El Guapo. Okay. Imagine this. Does he have the power to create money at will? No, not at all. It's worse than that. Oh, well, that would be a great Because that'd be fantastic. This is worst powers ever, right? He has the ability to make his skateboard super powered. Oh. And let me go farther. It's only one skateboard. <laughs> so he's basically the Green Lantern. If he loses that skateboard, <laughs> he is back to being a human. <laughs> so <laughs> it's pretty pathetic. Okay. What kinds of things can the skateboard do? Oh, you know, like there's it could be like super strong, right? Like it's unbreakable uh -huh. when it's in his hands and like he beats someone up or like he can hit someone, they'll go like a, a thousand feet away, or he can kind of like could not fly, but like hover for a long time in the sky with it. Do super cool Tony Hawk skill tricks and sweet. Yeah, El, <laughs> El Guapo. Wow, not not at all what I would expect for that character's powers to be. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, that's a really interesting one. Okay, my second pick, and this one's great. I'm so glad you didn't take it. It's so great. <laughs> I'm taking the. <laughs> so the character who has this. This is a real character's name. <laughs> Arm fall off boy yes. <laughs> from DC. That's his name. All hyphens arm <laughs> fall off boy. And his power, as you might've guessed from that really subtle name is that he can detach his arms at will. And oh presumably this is only useful when you want to detach one arm and bludgeon somebody to death with it. I don't really know. Like, like how do you use this power? Could you, I have so many questions. Maybe you need to get into like a super tiny space and like, you know, like your, yeah, sure. shoulders, your are shoulders are too wide. Gotcha. Yeah. So that's one use case and a very specific one. <laughs> <laughs> Can you still control your fingers on the arm Ooh. that's detached? Because if so, there is a use case for like grabbing things that you can't reach. Throw your arm through a window and like have it unlock the you door. You like bend your arm and throw it like a boomerang. <laughs> yes. It's terrible. It's, it's so terrible. And if you look up the picture, this is a DC Comics superhero i guess if you mm -hmm. could call him that um 
it's pretty gross. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you, you get that, too. You, like, see it looks like a ham, it's like, in the Grinch. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, like, exposed. It's so terrible. Blood veins and... Uh. Just just organic matter. It's not even... You can't even tell if it's, like, blood and veins. It's just, like, meat. Yes. It's disgusting. <laughs> um, so, yeah, arm fall off boy. That would be the worst power. It's beautiful. Um, I'm going to choose Doorman as my next yeah, one. Yeah, good one. Doorman, he has the incredible ability to teleport people from one room to the next. Uh, one caveat, it must be the adjacent room to where you're at at that moment. Yeah. So, so like, like if I went and stood against this wall, yeah. you could walk into the next room without having to use this door. That's right. Which is awesome. I could be like, I got you. Boom. You're in the next room. <laughs> it's like... Sweet. So if you're ever in a four-walled area with no door, doorman is who you want on your side. <laughs> Superhero. I think like it, this would play really well in like a an old Twilight Zone episode. Like, what's happening? Yeah. We were in this room, and then we were suddenly in the next. <laughs> right. You know, right. You, you throw some creepy, suspenseful <laughs> music. Except for you have to walk through a person that you can see. Yeah. It, it's it's so bizarre. <laughs> it's so useless. It's like a very intentional thing. Like, all right, Joe, I'm going to walk through you now. Hold on. Yes. I, I don't understand it. Oh. Um, excellent choice. Doorman, that's an all-time <laughs> terrible power. <laughs> just, just horrible. At best, you could use that to help out other superheroes do real things. Yes. Um, so, so there's that. Okay. My third. I'm already on my third. Mm -hmm. Toughies. Um. Well, I'm going to go with one that was in Project Power, which is spontaneous combustion. Yeah. At one point, somebody just took one of these pills and exploded. Yeah. And, like, caught fire. So I'm like, yeah, that's horrible. If that's a superpower, I don't want it. It sounds horrible and painful, and you die. So That's it. Yeah, he took that pill with such confidence, too. He's like, He's like I, I got, got this. <laughs> yeah, I'm on it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> His innards literally just, yeah, it was terrible. So that's a terrible power. <laughs> just, I won't even call that. A, I don't even know if you can call that a superpower. It's horrible. Instant disgusting death is what it is. <laughs> yeah. All right. Your third one. My third one. I'm going to choose. I think he's a villain. He looks like a villain. His name is Maggot. Yes. You ready for this? Have yes. you heard of this? I have. Maggot. This man or creature has two giant maggots living inside of him. I believe it is a villain. And what happens is when he... So this is obviously a power-hungry guy. He's a literal hungry guy. He throws his maggots at his enemy. They eat him. Yeah. They come back to his body, crawl inside of him somehow or connect to him. And he literally, he digests that thing, that mm. person... And then he has that power. So, like, think of, like, That's Rogue repulsive. rogue in the X-Men, right? Yeah. So she can touch you and she can suck your power, right? No, this, you you literally eat someone, so now you're a cannibal on top and of everything. And they're dead. They're gone. <laughs> they're gone. Yeah. So he ate Superman, so now he can, like, fly and shoot lasers from his eyes and all Which, that. Which, I mean, if you ate Superman, jackpot. Yeah. Get rid of those maggots and call it a day. <laughs> just, like, you're done. Just stomp them out, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, use your laser vision to burn them to death. I don't know. Um, yeah, that guy sucks. Maggot. Um, okay. My fourth pick. Oh, man. This is one I've been waiting to use. Okay, so I actually already knew about this one going into it. Dang it. Just like I already knew about Zan and my last pick. Um, this is a character called Pariah. And in the Crisis on Infinite Earths series, one of them, I don't know which one, in DC, this guy, so I'll tell you what he can do that's good. 
He's immortal and presumably invincible. Mm-hmm. So that's good. He's I think he can fly. He can do some 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 of the like token superhero things he can do. But <laughs> the flip side to that is his whole life he is forced to go to the next planet that's about to die and be wiped off the face of the map and watch everybody die. <laughs> that's his power. He what? is forced for eternity to live forever and teleport to whatever planet is next on the list of death and destruction, whatever universe it's in. Wow. And to watch it explode. <laughs> and everyone dies. So like in Crisis on Infinite Earths, he shows up and he's like, yo, Justice League, your planet's toast. And I, the only reason I know that is because I'm here. <laughs> so it's about to get bad. I'm and then, like, that's horrible. And then he just sits back. Yeah, I mean, he just like, he can, what's, what's the problem? Like he can't help. Yeah. It's going to all, they're all going to oh, die. So that's his power. Stupid power. Pariah. <laughs> so good job. Uh, here's a dumb one. Uh, this one's going to be Squirrel Girl. Oh, yeah. Squirrel that's Girl's right. the worst. For, for the long list of terrible, terrible female superheroes that were written so horribly. Um, Squirrel Girl, she has the ability to control squirrels. Yeah, that's that's it. That's like, it. hey, squirrel, go um, go go eat that guy, bite his eyeball. Well, that, that, she's like Ant Man, but that's like her only power is controlling the squirrels. So yeah. if Ant Man's only power was to control ants, and ants are better than squirrels, yes, just definitively. That's easy. Yeah, look at look at their strength strength um uh, body weight ratio. You know, like they can they can pick up ten times. Yeah, their, right. Their so weight. if you got enough ants, you could really wreck some stuff. You know, there's this like there's this like freaky movie with Crispin Glover, like Willard, where he controls all the yes. rats. He like becomes yes. you know, it's kinda like that. But even you know, rats are scary. You see squirrels running at you, you're just gonna hit them, you know. Right. You're like, just you're, like you, you, what up? This is not a good power. It's yeah. just flat out dumb. It is bad. Sorry, squirrel girl. For the longest time there were rumors that there was gonna be an MCU T V show or movie Squirrel uh, Girl starring Anna Kendrick. No. And I was like, that sounds no offense to Anna Kendrick, but that just sounds terrible because Squirrel Girl is the worst. She's better than that. Anyone is better than Squirrel Girl. She's gaining Girl. some popularity recently, though, because of the furries and that weirdness. Gross. I don't even want to go down that road, <laughs> but I'm just telling you. Um, good choice. Thank you. My final pick. This one actually made an appearance in a movie. He was in X-Men 2 United. X, X2 United or whatever. Sure. Um, which is like the best X-Men movie, the second one. Um his name is Jones. That's the only way they ever address him. He has technopathy, which means he has the ability to control electronics with his mind. But the only way they show him doing this in the movies is changing the TV channels by blinking. <laughs> and so in my head, that's the only power we know he has. And so that power sucks. Um, I did save it for last because sometimes you don't have the remote, Kirk. Yeah. <laughs> and it would be nice. If you could just blink your eyes and change it. Um, but, you know, I have the Roku app on my phone. So as long as I have either, like, and same with Fire TV. As long as I have my phone or the remote, so I have a 50-50 chance, yep. I'm in a good spot and I wouldn't need this power. But there are some times where I've just gotten comfy and everything's where it's not supposed to be. Yes. And I'm like, man, I wish I could blink and change it. So it's a terrible power, but it would be kind of useful. But maybe. Yeah. Maybe. You're not going to save the world with that one. I'll tell you that much. No, not, not in the slightest. <laughs> Unless they develop his powers. <laughs> Come on. Um, my last one, um, also a, a female superhero. This is called Rainbow Girl. Okay. This one's just dumb. It's, I don't know why they wrote this. Um, she has the power of, uh, of the emotional spectrum. 
Oh. So she can make you feel whatever you feel. But oftentimes, and most times, they just uh, she was just making people angry. So they would just be like throwing a temper tantrum, if you will, in, in all the comics. That's it. It's like, I'm going to defeat you. Oh, yeah? Oh, I'm not going to defeat you because I'm really mad. I stubbed my toe. Like, it's, That's it's dumb. so, so dumb. That's kind of like Mantis from the MCU. A little bit, but like worse. Like Mantis, yeah. Mantis is like the developed... Rainbow yes. girl, I feel like. She's an empath. She can make people fall asleep. She can make people feel things. It's it's like they really gave her some depth uh, to like also like understand why people were feeling the way they yes. felt, you know, uh, and relate to them. Exactly, empath. But then with, uh, with Rainbow Girl, it was just like, I'm going to make you feel this right now. It's kind of like, yeah, it's also kind of like Scarlet Witch is able to manipulate people's minds out of fear. Well, that's cool. Uh, you know, not Yes, this. it is cool. Stupid. That's bad. Any honorable mentions, Kirk? Um, I got a controversial one. Oh. Gambit. Oh. <laughs> that is controversial. People like that hero. I like that hero. What's, I know. What's the problem with, with Gambit, Kirk? I mean, it's cool that he's good with cards. It's cool that he can supercharge objects and then throw them at you. I think that's pretty cool. But it's like... All right, what if you don't have an object? Would you think it was cool if the Channing Tatum movie that has been rumored for a thousand years was a thing? I, you know, at first I was uh, interested. Yeah. And now I don't care. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, well. Here's how you defeat Gambit. You put him in a prison with nothing around him. Done. Yeah. He can't Solitary do anything. Solitary confinement. He can't do anything then. That's true. Waste. You got to get, get him first. You know, you know <laughs> he's just like El Guapo. You take away <laughs> his things. He can't do anything. Dude, but Green Lantern's the same way. Green Lantern doesn't have the power ring. He's done. Yeah. Also, so just a quick tangent. <laughs> so back in the day, Green Lantern had to charge his power ring. Had to actually charge it up like your phone. Like plug it in. He'd, like So like one of his weaknesses was like, Oh crap! It's you know Sinestro, and my power ring is dead. <laughs> also, Green Lantern is his like weakness is the color yellow. That's lame. That's as all get out. Awful. But then they changed it to where like the John Stewart Green Lantern didn't have to charge his ring, and I was like, okay, we're good. Mm -hmm. we're, we'll stick with this. Then they went back Ugh. to having to charge the power ring. I'm like, seriously, charging it? It's like a uh, Iron Fist with his chi. Like, oh my chi is just yeah, so. Yeah, I need to like, meditate. Shut up, Iron Fist. <laughs> you are so lame. Um, yeah. So Green Lantern could easily be on this list. He could. Aquaman could almost be on this. List. I don't know. I didn't want to get crazy, but I'm just saying. I don't talk to fish. I control. Them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, my honorable mention, and the reason he was an honorable mention is because I don't think he actually has this power, just the equipment. Um, the Condiment King. What? Who has, like, he's a DC Batman villain who <laughs> is like a, it's like a joke bit, but he literally has, like, a giant ketchup and mustard pumper <laughs> and, like, can shoot it like Mr. Freeze. That's so stupid. <laughs> it is incredibly dumb. He looks even dumber than he sounds, so... Um, it's actually Google that one. Ronald McDonald. That's yeah. it. They mention him in uh, the Lego Batman movie. Oh, do they? And they're like, and the Condiment King. <laughs> and they're like, wait, are those even real? And <laughs> Joker goes like, probably worth a Google or something like that. So, yeah, definitely real. All right, that's our show. Schoolyard pick of worst superpowers. That was a fun one. It was. I haven't laughed that hard in a while. Um, so that was that was a good time. All right. Some quick housekeeping. First of all, like I said, the, what? you just look up the condiment king. I did. He, lo <laughs> he looks like Batman in a wetsuit with the Smoothie King logo. <laughs> yeah, it's bad news, dude. It's so awful. He's really lame. 
Um, so some quick housekeeping before we go. Like I said, movies are starting to come out, which means that very, very soon we will be shifting back to weekly episodes. When we do so, we would love to have you guys along for the ride. So just keep, you know, hit that subscribe button. Make sure that your episodes are auto-downloading. Make sure that you have notifications on your podcast app so you know when our new episodes are available um, because they're going to be coming back at their regular frequency very soon. So Kirk and I are super excited about that. Also, 52-week movie, 52-week movie challenge blog will resume eventually. Just give me a bit. <laughs> I need, I hey, need some time. If it helps, uh, James Blonde is still waiting to get off. Yeah, there feet, you go. So. See, so we're we're just you know this is our hobby. That's okay, right. we can take whatever time we want. That's that's the that's me justifying it for myself, so I don't cry myself to sleep tonight. Um, we still have T-shirts for sale. Um, now we just have sizes small through extra large. I believe, I believe our double XLs are gone. So please hit us up on social. If you want those $18 a piece, you can Venmo cash app. We can drop it off. We can ship it, whatever you need. Um, and then other than that, I think that's all we got. We will see you guys in two weeks. I believe we're going to be doing our first interview or maybe next week. Is it next week? It might be next might week. might be next week. I believe we're going to be doing our first guest interview on the show. And it's a double interview. It's a, yeah, so we're we're coming out Woo! guns blazing, so be excited for that. But other than that, we want to give a special thanks to our executive producer, Ryan Spriggs. And, of course, our original music is by the group Rhetoric. Check them out on Spotify and Apple Music and anywhere else you get music. We will see you guys next week. Talk to you then. Second minute, minute. Hour. hour, bigger, bigger, better, better. Stronger. stronger, power.
call me Will A. Stay so cool, I'm Chile. I done made that middle A. Yeah. On my way to that valley. Let's go. Used to have a piggy bank, but now I got that bigger bank. Uh. Who, who cares what the haters think? They hate on me because we're doing things. Mama. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh. <laughs>